That's right, folks. I'm back with a finale to end our hero's bold and daring tale. This story will be simply titled The End, and this episode will also contain massive spoilers not just for Deltarune, but also Undertale. So be sure to go play those games before listening to these episodes. Now then, for those of you who outright ignored my request, very rudely, I'm, I'm sorry, or if you just need a refresher, Chris has become evil, possessed by Kara, a demon from an alternate universe. It's up to Oliver, a dimension-traveling hero, Susie, a bruiser and protective fighter, and Rousey, the world's best friend and hugger, to stop Kara and end the suffering in both timelines. Here we go! Kara sighed, sitting back in the void while staring through Chris's eyes at the landscape around them. This is quite the setback, I admit. I need to get back to the field of hopes and dreams as quickly as possible. Those Leitner fools still think they can reach hope and victory before I make my mark upon history? Well, they are sorely mistaken. As Kara laughed her evil, nightmarish laugh, Gaster looked up and smiled. From the courtyard, Chris was simply passing through, this time wielding only his sword, when he stopped mid-stride. Kara pushed Chris forward, confused, but Chris refused to budge from his standing point. Kara knew something wasn't wrong. She wasn't in control anymore. Control. The word echoed through her mind, and she turned to stare at Gaster. And when she did, her jaw dropped in a mix of horror and shock. Gaster was free, wringing the spots on his wrists where his cuffs had been. The chains binding him to the void had been snapped, shattered, and they were now glitching in the void. Ah, that feels much better. Gaster then looked up to face Kara, who had drew her knife. Gaster blasters surrounded the scientist as he smiled, with one red eye and one blue eye in his skull. Now then, let's try this again, shall we? The trio quickly advanced through the forest and out, front and center to every living thing that was looking for a safe place to stay, who had all been forced into the spade castle. The heroes boldly strode through the tall, black, spade castle gates, where they were greeted with enthusiastic cheers and applause from the Rudins and Hathies and all the other soldiers. Oliver, the knight of their group, walked forward and was greeted by Lancer, the king of the Spade Kingdom. Hey, hey! Welcome to Spade Castle, guys! Susie laughed and noogie Lancer. Good to see you again, little buddy! Man, I missed you. So, um, what brings you here? And who's he? Lancer asked, pointing at Oliver. Oliver's silver and black armor had, until recently, been scuffed, ripped, and dented. My name is Oliver, your highness. I seek passage to another dimension, and I require the dark fountain for my assistance. Will you lend it to us? Lancer smiled his stuntman smile, laughing all the way. Sure thing! Any friend of Susie is a friend of mine. Come with me! Oliver, Susie, and Rousey all nodded and continued to walk toward the throne room, up the steps. Oliver's soul and his heart thumped furiously. He was finally going home. For real. Suddenly, Oliver stopped walking. He could feel Gaster's presence growing stronger, tugging on his back, whispering down into his ear. Almost as if... Um, Oliver, are you coming with us? Oliver snapped from his trance to stare at Rousey. The two were alone in the castle corridor. Hmm? Oh, Sure. Come on, Rousey. They can walk and talk. The duo set off down the dimly lit corridors. 
I'm going to miss the adventures we've had, Oliver. Sure, I didn't know a whole lot about you, but at least you make a good friend. Oliver, look down at Rousey. You make a good friend and ally as well, Rousey. I'll have to show you around my world at some point or another. But as the two laughed and chatted through the throne room and out onto the private courtyard, they bumped into Susie and Lancer, cutting their conversation short. Huh? Susie, what's... Oh no, we... We're too late! Kara stood on the edge of the dark fountain, holding Gaster by his collar and Chris by his scarf. This ends now. You thought that you could succeed in the end. Well, you're wrong. Ha 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 ha! Fools! Kara laughed maniacally, drawing her knife from her pocket. I know what we have to do. Lancer, you need to... The quartet whispered for a while. Then Lancer and Rousey ran back into the tower depths. Susie pulled out her axe, and Oliver drew his sword and shield from his back. Gaster smiled just the same as always. Do you truly believe that you can defeat these two by yourself, Kara? Kara frowned and then dragged black energy from the dark fountain, giving her a green, yellow, and red suit of armor to match her clothes. Out of the darkness as well poured a giant blade with six hearts carved into the steel blade. With that, the crowd of Darkner inhabitants watched in hope that Susie and Oliver could defeat the villain and save their world. When Oliver pulled down his visor and Kara put on her Spartan green helmet, they charged, while Susie stayed back, available if needed. I have waited too long for this, Kara. This genocidal world you envision for yourself ends now! When their blades met, the air was shattered by their blow. The wind howled menacingly as they clashed, dancing back and forth, pushing and blocking with all of their might. Meanwhile, Rousey entered the bottom of the Darkener Fountain, beneath the castle depths, and began to tinker with its core. Gaster appeared behind him, melting and then reforming from the shadows, free from Kara's grasp. Rousey, frightened, withdrew from a, the tall man. Relax, child. I am merely here to assist you in changing the fountain's coordinates. Here, let me show you. Purple spirals with ancient symbols written on their surface danced from Gaster's hands as he closed his eyes and began to warp and change the dark fountain. Rousey continued to use his healing power so that Gaster would not wear himself out. Lancer, meanwhile, raced down the hallway on his bike. Faster and faster he zoomed, racing down the steps towards the prison cells. Then... Lancer hopped off his bike and stared up at the biggest cell door there. Lancer, frightened of what was to come next, opened the door, and from the shadows came a heroin laugh, one that had not been heard in years. Circus music began to play, slow and ominous, and Jevil sauntered forth from the shadows, wielding his knife on his back. Well, well, have you come to play, play with me, me? Lancer shook his head. Afraid not, scary clown guy. We need you up there, front and center, Lancer exclaimed as he pointed up the stairs. Let's go! Yet despite his rather childish, immature, and over-aggressive aura, Jevil understood perfectly the situation at hand. With that, the two sprinted up the steps and back through the castle halls. The final battle was about to begin. Oliver once again dodged Kara's blade, this time going for the kill. But Kara blocked, then sliced his shield in half. Foolish soul, you thought you could destroy me? Nothing, not even hope can outmatch determination. Just then, something swung into Kara's way. A scythe, long, 
purple, yellow, and black. Jevil spun his J-shaped tail furiously as he smacked Kara away. Jevil smiled, his eyes blazing red. Well, well, shark to shark, eh? I do love a fun game, game of tag! <laughs> Jevil again charged, swinging and coming dangerously close to hitting Kara. And believe it or not, Kara, an all-powerful human soul, couldn't keep up. She slowly began to lose her breath, and she was showing clear signs of failing. But then, as the heroes rejoiced and continued toward the fountain, Kara screamed. Everyone stopped. Even Jevil was confused by this strange action. Then, Kara's eyes blazed blood red, and her sword turned black as night. And when she swung it, throwing it into the ground, great black tentacles of darkness swirled up and crushed Jevil in a ball, forcing him to retreat once more. No! Susie yelled. Kara turned around to face Oliver and the others. Do you remember what the color black represents, Oliver? Oliver pulled out his now white blade from its sheath. Black is hatred. You remember it, don't you? Oliver charged forward once more, replenished from his break. This time it determined to end the threat. Hope and hatred met, blowing everyone away within ten yards. Kara wasn't smiling anymore. Instead, she snarled. I have come too far now, Oliver, and I will not be stopped by your lack of acceptance. But as she brought her sword down, milky white light poured through Oliver's darkener armor, filling and fixing the cracks. And when Oliver looked up, the veins in his skull glowed, illuminating his eyes and face. Kara, what was all this for? Oliver thrust Kara back, hacking away at her sword, chipping off pieces. For years, you wanted revenge on not just the monsters of the universe, but also on your own kind, humans. Why? Kara grunted under uh, Oliver's uh, sword's increasing weight. You think I'd tell you that? You really are a fool. Kara brought her sword up for a slice, but her sword shattered against a barrier surrounding Oliver. Oliver once again sheathed his sword. I don't need a sword to kill you. Just hope. Then Susie ran forward along with Rancy, Lancer, and Gaster. Together, they held Kara down to the stone courtyard ground. Oliver stood back to catch his breath for a moment. Gaster then emerged from the shadows, tired and worn out. Oliver, we're ready for your departure. Oliver turned, then nodded. And where will you go, old friend? he asked. Gaster laughed softly. Oh, you know me, boy. I will remain here, keeping watch over this tired realm. Oliver smiled through his visor. It's nice to know that in this world, you appear more than you do in Undertale. Gaster smiled. Remember your job and finish it. Oliver smiled, determination glowing from his face. The group backed away and time seemed to slow down. Kara shook off the blows and Oliver charged forward, running his sword through Kara's helmet, right down the middle. Oliver couldn't hear what was happening through his helmet, but he understood what was happening through his eyes. The battle was over. Oliver lifted up his visor to stare at Kara's empty, lifeless body. Then, he turned to the heroes. Thank you, everyone, for everything. Oliver smiled, withdrawing his sword, and threw Kara's body over the side of the fountain, where he watched it fall into the void, forever lost in time and in space. Oliver then turned to stare at Chris, who was just standing up. Chris, are you all right? Chris stood up and was shocked to find Oliver standing before him. It's all right. You don't need to talk. You're free. 
But one thing before I leave, Oliver stared out at the fountain. Go get your soul back. It's the only thing holding you to the ground. With that, Oliver stared out at the fountain, then drifted his soul through into inky darkness. His body dissolved into a single, beating white heart, pulsing like a beacon in the dead of night. Then, it too vanished into the dark fountain. It was at this time that Rousey turned and saw Chris. Chris, you're all right. Are you okay? Is Kara gone? Chris turned, then nodded to Rousey. All right, the gang's back together again. Susie grouped everyone together into a bear hug. Um, Susie, you're choking me, Rousey muttered. Don't want to hear it, Rousey. There, they stood, laughing, playing, and relaxing. Gaster smiled, watching the group play like children again. Very well, then. I am no longer required here. With that... Gaster vanished into the darkness, as if he was nothing but a shadow. Oliver rolled over in a mixture of pine needles and ice. The hard, tiled flooring of the spade castle was gone. Only snow replaced it. Snow and great dark green pine trees. A light snow had begun, and Oliver sat up, brushing the snow off of his helmet. Except he no longer wore his knight's armor and sword. Instead... There was only an aviator's jacket, jeans, hiking boots, and a pilot's helmet. And when Oliver turned around to face the landscape, he was home again. The trees, the snow, the frozen lake, the tiny gaps of light poking through the black sky like stars, and smoke rising up from Snowden Town far below him. Oliver turned around behind him to face thicker, more winding forests. I wonder, was it all a dream? Or shall I be able to return to that world? Oliver smiled, and then shook more snow from his helmet. Nah, I have other matters to attend to. With that, my dear readers, I can happily say that this story has a true ending. And even as Oliver sprinted down the hill toward the bright lights of Snowden, a light snow began to fall, creating a heavenly aura about the winter wonderland. And that, dear readers and listeners, is truly the end of our theorizing story. So have a safe and happy new year.